Parks connects professionals in the life science, medical device, and food industries with useful content like webinars, job openings, articles, and virtual meetings to help you succeed in your career. This food industry-focused podcast brings together some of our editorial staff to share insights into the latest B2B industry news to help keep you up to date. This week on the show, we are discussing marketing tactics used by big food brands to gain first-party data and Mariah Carey's Mariah Menu at McDonald's. Enjoy the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Xtalks Food Podcast. I'm Sydney Perlmutter, food industry journalist and webinar moderator at xtalks.com. And this week, I'm joined by Aish Rashid and Mira Nabulsi. Thanks for coming today. So I'm going to start us off with a story about first-party data. So, and how it in, you know, how it collides with the food industry. So big food brands over the last few years have really been shifting towards e-commerce and direct-to-consumer sales, but there's been a notable uptick in their efforts to gain access to this first-party data. So this can be through various offerings like personalized offerings or limited edition products, but the main thing is that big food brands are employing various marketing tactics tactics to gain valuable data from consumers. So first and foremost, these tactics are used to sell the product and clearly it's working because revenue from e-commerce and uh, from the food and beverage industry in the U.S. stood at $18.7 billion in 2020 and that figure is estimated to rise to $25.7 billion by 2025. However, these marketing initiatives are also being used to acquire consumer data. So whether consumers know it or not, companies are collecting and uh, they eventually own data um, from consumers via a wide array of channels. So this can be web or mobile app activity, loyalty status, purchase history, and so on. So once it's collected, companies can use this data to create targeted ads, content, or experiences based on a consumer-specific interests. And first-party data is regarded as the most valuable type of data, and it's also available to companies at no cost, making it the most cost-effective method of data mining. So in the past, food and beverage brands have had difficulty collecting first-party data because they've had fewer opportunities to do it. Um, generally, we buy food either from the grocery store or, you know, fast food, and, you know, it's sort of an in-out operation. But now, with uh, COVID-19 boosting online and direct-to-consumer sales, they've been granted with countless chances to gain access to very valuable data. And uh, 88% of marketers said that they would be prioritizing first-party data this year. And that includes other industries aside from food and beverage. But one of the early Earlier adopters of um, these marketing tactics is Mondelez. So about a year ago, the company launched this thing called Oreo ID, which was an online service allowing consumers to order customized versions of the iconic sandwich cookie. And notably, it was Mondelez's first product line that required customers to submit first-party data in order to purchase, but it wouldn't be their last. Another Mondelez brand that we all probably know and love, Sour Patch Kids, launched a similar program called Make My Mix, and that allowed consumers to create custom packs of their preferred assortment of gummies, as well as personalizing the uh, the bag as well. So the food giant also understands the power of celebrity to sell the product, and Sour Patch Kids partnered with a popular Twitch streamer called Tim the Tatman last summer for a co-branded 
for a co-branded mix that was only available online as well. So it also required that, that data. Now, beverage brands are also capitalizing on this as well. So in 2019, Pepsi launched PepCoin, which is a digital rewards program that's sort of camouflaged in cryptocurrency branding, which was really starting to gain buzz back then. So QR codes on Pepsi drinks and single-serve Frito-Lay products could be scanned, and they offered consumers 10% discounts if they set up an online account and link it to a Venmo or PayPal account. And more recently, um, the PepsiCo-backed Tropicana released an orange juice-flavored toothpaste. I'll let that sink in for a second. (laughs) To fans um, who follow the brand's account and submit their contact information to join a raffle. I think the idea behind that was... um, you know, orange juice and toothpaste have been mortal enemies. So I think they were just cutting out the uh, the, the middleman there and just making an orange juice flavored toothpaste. Um, but alas, um, snack and beverage brands aren't the only ones that are getting in on this first party data. So fast food brands um, have been launching limited edition meal and merchandise partnership as a means of obtaining data as well. So McDonald's is a prime example of this, and they've launched uh, co-marketing deals with Travis Scott, BTS, and now uh, Mariah Carey as well, which we'll hear about soon, um, in which consumers needed to use the McDonald's app to secure the special offerings. And Burger King and Popeyes have employed similar tactics as well. So there's countless ways that companies are obtaining this very valuable data. But as they're becoming more aware of companies doing this, food and beverage brands, they have to be creative when it comes to data collection. A few ways that they can um, ensure, uh, you know, the trust in consumers is having a good privacy policy, offering deals or compensation, um, and including interactivity in marketing strategies. And these are just a few ways that um, audiences can be motivated to share their personal data. Um, However, sometimes consumers don't even think twice and just put it in and leave it be. I'm kind of guilty of that. But since many of these data collection tactics are relatively new to the food and beverage industry, time will tell whether the um, whether the brands will be able to actually leverage that data into something more valuable. But I think in uh, across other industries, it's definitely proven to be effective. So, yeah, I just wanted to get your guys' thoughts on, um, you know, this, this new frontier of data collection in the food and beverage industry. Have you ever participated in something like this where you had to give out your data whether it be your name, your email, where you live, um, in order to order a food um, or beverage product, um, and do you think it's uh, do you think it's ethical? Probably I have, but like you were saying, it's something that sometimes we don't give a second thought to because you're just focused on okay, I just want to get this product, and oh, they're asking my name, okay, whatever, blah blah blah. You fill it out and you're done with it. But then, you know, you don't realize, you know the potential ramifications of that. And like, that's very valuable data that these companies are using for hopefully good, but uh, you know, they're informing their marketing uh, schemes and, and things like that. So it's, it's very, very uh, interesting and also a bit disturbing to see the lengths at which these companies will go to, you know, the creative ways to sort of gather and, um, you know, data on consumers, it, it, it's kind of difficult because on, on one hand, you know, that's all a part of marketing strategy, right? Um, 
you're collecting data to see to inform your your marketing uh, goals and so that is not deemed to be unethical but I guess the ethical standpoint is the means through which you do it I think there definitely needs to need to be disclaimers you know saying that this data is being collected for such and such purpose which I think is lost a lot of the times in the fine print I, I wonder if um, you know there are consumer advocacy groups that can can better work towards uh, really making that process more transparent because it is an issue. It is an ethical issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's a good point. It's the like I said, the food and beverage industry is relatively new to being able to collect this data. So I think it'll take time for uh, you know standards to be established and laws to be put into place. Um, but yeah, I'm the same with you. I've probably just put my name in, put my address even. Like if, if you're ordering yeah. something online, a especially. Code and, yeah, yeah. yeah. And you kind of start to question, you know, is is it really to sell product or, or is the data more yeah. important than the revenue, you know? So, yeah. yeah. Is it being sold to third parties, mm-hmm. right? Because that's the whole thing with, uh, you know, social media uh, apps like Facebook and Instagram, right? right? It's not, you know, there's sell- you hear about, you know, selling data to, to, um, sort of companies like, like, like those that could really benefit mm-hmm. from that data. So yeah, like it's not just a be- it doesn't just end there. It just starts there, I guess, when you fill in that form. Right. Yeah. When the Sydney was talking about the story, the first thing I thought about was, um, retail so like in the Mm. past you never why would a retail store ask for your email and your information your address and all this stuff before we had like delivery to our homes right and then we started to yeah and then it became like oh we need this information so we can send you your receipt online or Mm. so we can send you updates of any promos or sales or things like that and that's how they got you is like okay here's how I'm gonna give you my information is because I want to receive sales so I can only imagine that the food industry will start to bank on that and they kind of already have so like Uber Eats for example or um, all these food delivery apps we you know give them everything about us and then we get these ads you know 30 per- save 30% off today if you order or ritual for example going on a walk today how about you go here and we know you like it you know like things like that so you know, the McDonald's app is super famous because um, when you have the app, you get these exclusive sales mm. on like, or not sales or uh, offers to like deals. these things that you, yeah, these deals that you don't get when you just walk into the shop or into the storefront, into the restaurant. So yeah, I think the food industry is going to start using the same kinds of tactics, maybe like in different ways like obviously you don't really want your receipt at a restaurant so maybe that's not how they would get you but they definitely get you with like if you download this you'll get 30 percent off your first order you know and then you get you download the app and you give them all your information and i feel like that's definitely sold to a third party because why else would they want this information what are they going to use it for you know maybe mariah carey saw the how many people they reach using this <laughs> app and she's like you know let's let's join forces or yeah Sydney, you were going to say something? Yeah, so something I'll, I'll clarify about first-party data is that it's, um, and while I don't know what the companies, uh, you know, are doing with it, first-party data comes straight from, you know, the the mouth of consumers. And, and what I can tell is that they, 
it's it's most important for them uh, first and foremost to to have that data. And so where it differs from second and third party data is that data is um, purchased from either other individuals or other corporations. So like what you know Facebook has sold their first party data to other you know other companies or whatever else. So that's yeah. I'm, I'm not too sure. There's definitely potential to abuse yeah. um, you know the first party data, but once yeah. uh, these food brands collect it, they own it, um, and I guess yeah, they have a right to do what they want with it. But what I will say is that I think it's most valuable. Uh, for them because they want to create mm-hmm. those those targeted ads right that we've probably all seen um yeah. if you google one thing mm-hmm. it's oh, on facebook yeah. two seconds later it's it's kind mm-hmm. of nutty um so i also wonder um on the consumer side whether they even care at this point like most of us have our, our, our you know a lot of information um already on social media and kind of available yep. to the public. So um, is now the time that we're going to be nitpicky about what we do with our information? It's almost like we've been desensitized mm-hmm. to, to our privacy almost, right? Like you're saying, like we're all on social media, a lot of us. And, you know, in the beginning, I know some people who, you know, were kind of hesitant about being on social media or making even a small video or, and posting it. But then, you know, a couple of months later, they're just like full-fledged in. So it's just very interesting to, to see that people are are so much more lax with their privacy in many ways now. And maybe these kinds of retail and food and beverage companies are taking advantage of that. But I do, I, I, I do want to say that now that I've been, you know, bombarded with a billion emails in my inbox and um, it gets annoying, when, I, when someone asks me for my email in one of the stores or something, I, I ask them, like, oh, why do you want my email address if it's no reason that I don't want to give it to you? Because it's come to a point where it's like, why am I sharing all my information yeah. just to receive a product, right? And a lot of places go, oh, it's just because we want to sell and send you promos and things like that. And I'm like, okay, definitely, I do not want this email in my inbox. I don't even want to know about the promos. Like, <laughs> I don't want to be encouraged to leave my home and spend money. But, like, a part of me thinks the more and more these things keep coming up, the less people are going to be willing to share because of the idea that our privacy is so invaded. So it's like maybe this is something they can con- consumers can control is knowing where their information is going rather than just handing it out. I don't know. That's just me playing devil's advocate, but that's how I think. Yeah. But I think it's become a culture almost. Like, we don't give a second thought. Like, I think maybe in the beginning, I'd be like a bit like, okay, you know, why do you want my email? But now it's just like, oh, you're just going to send me, you know, stupid spam emails about your sales or something like that. And then I just end up unsubscribing and and things like that. I, I think we, yeah, I think I would say the culture of privacy has gotten so lax in my opinion I kind of see that now more so than before yeah it's it's interesting how they'll do it if you go to a store sometimes they'll just say uh you know they'll they'll ring you up and they'll say your email like they won't even really ask they'll just kind of you know expect you to give out your email so Mira you're a very smart consumer and actually taking the initiative (laughs) and asking like why do you need that and sometimes it's under the guise of like you know a sustainability cause like oh we don't want to print receipts anymore so we're going to email it to you and then they take that and they yeah to as an opportunity opportunity to spam you and even though you can unsubscribe they still have your email and they can still they got you yeah they got you right once they have your email they kind of got you and um 
I think we think a little bit less about if we're ordering something online, um, you know, it seems normal that we'd have to put in our information. And this is just so new in the food and beverage industry because we haven't really had to had the opportunity to order food online. And now it's something that a lot of us do, whether it's groceries, Uber Eats, um, or even just like specialty products that aren't available in stores yet. There's so many opportunities for uh, these beverage brands to collect this uh, data and what they do with it. It's probably really just a means to make more money and, and market to specific audiences. Um, but yeah, it'll be really interesting to see the outcome of this and how, you know, what other innovative ways um, and marketing tactics that companies come up with. Now I understand why those incentives for online special only. Mm-hmm. You're right. Yeah. Now it's got me thinking about that. Yeah, it's like so annoying. It's like, oh, what do you mean online special only? Like why well now i know yeah why. <laughs> yeah it's not just it's not just in food either they they're really just jumping mm-hmm. on the train right yep. now mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um but back to that mariah carey topic mira i'll uh, i'll hand it over to you yeah a very relevant story to what we're talking about <laughs> because all mariah carey wants for christmas is for you to try her mariah menu at, Mac- <laughs> at mcdonald's so with the holiday season coming up uh, we are going to be seeing a lot of ads in the food and beverage industry. The most recent one that I've come across is um, Mariah Carey collaborating with McDonald's. So we, this isn't the first time that we've seen popular uh, partnerships with celebrities. Um, last In a couple of past few weeks, we've seen uh, Megan Thee Stallion work with Popeyes for their hottie sauce collaboration. We've seen McDonald's partnering with BTS to create a different chicken nugget menu. And now for the holidays, we're seeing Mariah Carey, the singer, uh, collaborating with McDonald's to give customers a different menu item for each day, uh, 12 days before Christmas. And it's called the Mariah menu. So the deal will be available in McDonald's restaurants in the U.S. from December 13th to December 24th. Uh, when consumers order something with a minimum order of $1 from the McDonald's app, they can receive a free item from the Mariah menu. Now, Mariah Carey claims that she is a big McDonald's fan and the company decided to take all her favorite meals and spread them across the 12 days. So some of the items included in her menu include a Big Mac, a McChicken sandwich, apple pie, sausage biscuit and cookies. So she says in a press release, some of my favorite memories with my kids are our family trips to McDonald's. And of of course, each one of us has our go-to order. Mine is the cheeseburger and I get it with extra pickles. So (laughs) daily deals are available in the McDonald's app, which users can use to receive deals for that specific day. So um, not only do they receive something from McDonald's, but the packaging is also changed to make it more Mariah-like. She wants her Lambilly family, which is the name Mariah gives her fans, to know that this is a Mariah Carey item from the Mariah menu. Now, other than Mariah Carey, Justin Bieber is working with Canadian company uh, or former Canadian company Tim Hortons to introduce the new um, new items and branded merchandise. So on November 29th, the first phase of his collaboration um, will launch in the U.S. and Canada. 
and he will be offering consumers Tim Biebs Timbits. <laughs> so with Bieber's approval, Tim Hortons will be introducing chocolate white fudge, sour cream chocolate chip, and birthday cake waffle flavors in the Tim Biebs Timbits line of donuts. Um, Justin Bieber says, Doing a Tim Hortons collab has always been a dream of mine. I grew up on Tim Hortons and it's always been something close to my heart. So the Tim Biebs uh, merch will also be available in part participating restaurants starting November 29th and more details will be released on that soon. So now that we've spoken about Justin Bieber and Mariah Carey, my question for you guys is, Does this do these techniques work? Are you going to run to the Tim Hortons line to get Tim Biebs <laughs> Timbit or is this just something fun that you do with friends or not at all? Hell no. <laughs> Not running. <laughs> Walking? <laughs> well, Walking? A slow yeah. stroll? Maybe. A stroll, oh, maybe. I think the power of celebrity is one of those just tried and true methods, be it in the food industry or across any other industry. Uh, we can't help but be, um, you know, drawn to celebrities and what they have to say and whether it's genuine or not I don't think we really pay much attention to um I would like to say it, it the Justin Bieber one sounds a little bit more genuine than the Mariah Carey yeah. one just because he has yeah. the connection to Canada um but who actually knows whether Mariah Carey likes McDonald's like we will we'll never really know about that but I think these tactics absolutely work especially when there's that limited time offer connected to it we saw the BTS meal just absolutely go crazy same with the Travis Scott meal as well and I've been seeing the Megan Thee Stallion hottie sauce thing pop off too um so yeah I think when you combine celebrity with limited edition it creates that element of like I gotta get in on this um so you can talk about it with others but then there's other people who just could not care less um and those aren't the ones who are being targeted in these uh in these tactics um But yeah, that's that's my thought. I don't the, the thing about the Mariah Carey one though is I don't think there's any new new items being offered, so really it's mm -hmm. more about like, you know, just just capitalizing on the deals you're getting, um which is great too, but it'll be a, a little bit maybe harder to allure customers when there isn't anything new specifically to offer. I don't know. Yeah. I think with the Mariah Carey one, it's super genius at the way they're marketing this. First of all, it's 12 days before Christmas, and we all know Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas just suddenly becomes on the charts during mm -hmm. this time of year. And additionally, um, they're like, uh, they're banking on the idea of the uh, Lambilly family. A lot of people are Mariah Carey crazy. So, um, and like they're super fans, and she has a huge super fan community so you know if I was a Mariah Carey super fan I would definitely be running for the Mariah menu just to support her you know that's like the kind of concept that people go by just like when I was younger Justin Bieber was the person you know every young girl dreamed of so I can only imagine people in school nowadays being like oh my god did you try the Tim Biebs Timbits because they're Justin Bieber Timbits and and the ad that they associated the Justin Bieber Timbits with, um, which you can see in the article, is like it, it looks very genuine. Uh, they 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 marketed it very well. You know him choosing his flavors and his like quirky character associated with Tim Hortons. It was it's pretty good marketing. I I must say. 
So, yeah, I can relate to the Justin Bieber one, not because I'm a fan, but because of the Tim Hortons angle as a Canadian. So that it's a bit more believable and also um, not believable, <laughs> not a believer, a believer. But, um, so that that's a bit more, it seems, yeah, like we're all saying a bit more legit. And especially because there are specific flavors that he has, you know, come out with with Tim Hortons. So it, it kind of goes with the theme. I get it. But the Mariah Carey one, I think that's a huge stretch. I mean, number one, McDonald's has nothing to do with Christmas. I mean, what's the (laughs) connection? Just making like a red menu? Like it's just pushing it in my opinion, like a Big Mac and 12 days of Christmas. I mean, if they had something like, I don't know, like a special hot cocoa or hot chocolate to do with Christmas, something that would have a little bit more of a connection. I just feel this is just stretching it. It'll work for her fans, which is great, but um, I just find this one really bizarre. (laughs) Yeah, the way that um, the vice president um, of the U.S. marketing brand content engagement of McDonald's says, she states, just like McDonald's brings people around the table with their favorite orders, Mariah's music connects us all during this time of year. So we're excited to bring them together to cheer, a holiday cheer to our fans. And in their defense, they're actually changing the packaging to be like red (laughs) and have like all this Mariah stuff. And the only reason I think this will work out really well is because the item is free. So all you have to purchase is something worth a dollar. So that, you know, whatever that is from the McDonald's menu. And then you get yeah. a free Mariah Mariah item from the Mariah menu. So I think I think this is like a win-win for everyone. I don't know. Yeah, that part might work. I mean, the yeah. incentive is great. But yeah. I just feel like the theme and just the whole thing behind it is just yeah. weird to me. They want yeah. to be relevant. I think that's the point. Is we want to be relevant uh, during Christmas Celebrities time. just want to be relevant. Yeah. yeah that yeah, whole culture yeah. is, yeah. yeah. It's, it's crazy, yeah. Good or yeah. bad. <laughs> it's definitely a lot of fun. I, I find these stories to be very interesting to see yeah. how they're, you know, going to change it up just a little bit. But, yeah, like the hottie sauce one, that that, that caught me off guard. But, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we'll never really know how, uh, how much they're in it for the cash or they genuinely are, uh, you know, McDonald's diehard fans. But, um it's still, yeah, it's still nice. And anyone loves a good, like, festive, you know, food story. Um, and I am curious to know what, like, you know, the packaging will look like. Um, but, yeah, all she wants for Christmas. She should change the lyrics to the song, I guess. <laughs> it's a big yeah. <laughs> With extra pickles. Yeah. <laughs> uh. All right. Well, that is the end of this episode of the X Talks Food Podcast. If you like today's show, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Thanks, everyone, and see you next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to the X Talks Food Industry Podcast. If you enjoyed our discussions today, please share the episode with your friends and colleagues, and be sure to subscribe in order to be notified when a new episode is released. To join in on the discussion, you can find X-Talks on social media, email podcast at xtalks.com, or comment on the articles directly. Links are in the show description. Take a moment to join our community at xtalks.com to get access to everything we have to offer, including webinars, job listings, virtual meetings, articles, and more.
The views and opinions expressed in the podcast are those of the speakers sharing them. They should not be taken as professional advice and do not necessarily reflect the policy or position Honeycomb Worldwide. For further information, email us at podcast at xtalk.com. Thanks for joining us and we'll see you next week.